Good morning, church. I won't let y'all know y'all crazy. <laughs> we was worshiping so hard this morning, I had to untuck my shirt. <laughs> I said, this 11 o'clock crew, they done went in for real. It's good when you go ham on Jesus, I'm telling you. Uh, I just want to welcome everyone. My name is Sean Bynum. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the pleasure of bringing the word to you all this morning. Um, but before I get started, I was over there, and if I sound a little hoarse, it's because I could not contain myself. Um, I was trying to. First, first worship gathering, I was good. This one, I just lost it. Um, I'm screaming, and I can't sing. My wife will tell you that. But before we get into it, I really want you to know, we sung this earlier, but it just rings out like, Jesus, you change everything. Like, <laughs> that's not 99.5%. Jesus... You change everything. And my encouragement before we go any further is that you believe that, that you walk in that, that you own that, that you honor that, that regardless of what's going on in your life, have a heart, if it's good, whatever it is, just understand that Jesus changes everything. And that right there is why we are here today, because Christ changed everything. That's why we were singing at the top of our lungs. That's why we worship. That's why we do what we do, because we're radical about Christ, our Lord, and our Savior. Praise God. Uh, let me pray. God, um, you are holy. You are righteous. You are God. And we gather here today to let you know that that is true. And we leave this place filled with your spirit to let you know that this is true. And I pray, Father God, that if there's anyone here who do not know you, by the end they will come to know you and know the truth of this. So, Father, just move me out of the way. God, have, truly have your way. Um, be glorified. Be honored, Father God. I love you, and we need you, and we are desperate for you in this place. God, just do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm out here with my shirt untucked. It's all hot. It's crazy. Uh, earlier this, earlier last week, I attended a training um, put on by the Racial Equity Institute, and it's a training by a secular organization, organization dedicated to the work of creating, listen to this, creating racially equitable organizations and systems. It was informative, it was provocative, it was challenging. It was one of the best trainings that I have ever attended, and I want to go back. But as I was sitting through that training, I began to think, like, Christians, we're supposed to be leading this training. Like, we're supposed to be on the forefront of these conversations and all of the conversations that are addressing sin, especially equity in, in our world. So I was like, God, wouldn't it be amazing if a bunch of radical believers would lead this type of training? Now, I am not opposed to sociologists in, acad acad in academia. I love them both, and we need them both. Their insight is powerful, but the truth is we should own this space. They should be coming to us. We shouldn't always be in a place where we're reacting to culture. We should set the tone. We should define the culture, and we should dictate what happens. We truly should. Now, that does not negate the power of this training, but what I'm saying is our actions that are inspired by Scripture commands us to respond in such a way that brings glory to God, not because of morality. Morality is good, but Christ gave that to us. So we have the spirit of the living God that lives inside of us, so there's no way that we shouldn't be on the forefront of these conversations. 
So that's what I just began to, as I like to say, marinate on and think about. Scripture, it directs our beliefs and our behaviors, and it should dictate the response to all of these things. We are God's chosen plan for this. Our culture is waiting on us. We are the vehicle that God is using. And our, our beliefs, which are motivated by God's word, should compel others to say, you know what, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something about you that I, I need. Like, the way you treat each other, the way you respond to the things that are going on in the world is bananas. I don't understand how you do it, but I want to know. And I really, really, really need to know. So think about this question. You don't have to answer it out loud or even text me to answer. Ask yourself this. Do people want to know Jesus because they know you? Do people want to know Christ because they know you, because they met you, because they've been in your presence? That's a question that I want you to kind of marinate on to think about as we continue with the text today. And believe it, guys, this is what God is calling us to do through his word and under the power of his spirit. In, in, five, in um, Ephesians 5.1, he said, imitate God. He said, imitate God. And what Paul is doing in this text is calling the church in Ephesus out and said, listen, Imitate God. Follow me as I follow God. Follow Christ by the filling of his spirit because the world is evil and the times are limited. We need to be on the forefront of this. And this is what Paul was encouraging them on. And this is what I want to encourage you on today. So I've given my message a title. And today's title is Stay Woke. So stay woke. Always be aware, and this is what it means, I like them snaps, always be aware of your behavior and be mindful of the time because our time is limited. And last week, Pastor Ethan let us know how the behavior in a customary manner that we should live a gospel-centered life and that we are to be like Christ. And I just want to continue with that because that's where the scripture tells us to go. So Paul is saying, listen, seize the moment. Do not be lulled asleep by the evilness in this world. How many of you like boxing? Two people. Okay, great. All right. Two people like boxing. Let's make it three. I like boxing. I'm a, I like boxing. So how many of you ever heard of like the rope-a-dope style? Muhammad Ali used all of this and stuff. So I'm glad. It's like we're in class today. People raising hands and stuff. So what that is is the boxer, he's one of the boxers. He's on the ropes. He's being punched. He's been beaten. And he's kind of lulling his opponent to sleep. His opponent is thinking that he's got him. He's beating him down. And then at that very moment when he feels like his opponent is weakened or just lulled to sleep, he comes out and he wins the fight, or he knocks him out, or he attempts to win the fight. Now, see, the beautiful thing about that is a trained boxer, a good boxer, knows what the guy on the rope is doing. But the one who doesn't know, he's about to get knocked out. He's about to hit the 10 count and not get back up. But that's, that's, that's not what God is calling us to. He's calling us to be that trained professional that's in the ring. Because y'all, believe it or not, we're in a battle. We're in a fight, and it just doesn't last 12 rounds. It's a spiritual battle. And our opponent is trying to knock our block off. So you can be lulled to sleep or not, or you can be practice, uh, practice what God is telling us to do, but believe it, guys, we're in a battle, and God is calling us to be the salt and the light in this world. That's what it's all about. And Paul was very intentional about his words. And I like how Paul, he, he uses contrast to convey his point. And we're going to walk through the three main contrasts today. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into God's word. In verse 15, it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And remember, Pastor Ethan told y'all last week, it's not necessarily a physical walk. Verse 16 says, making the best use of the time 
because the days are evil. I'm not just saying that. That's what the word says. So the first contrast is he's talking about unwise and wise, but he's talking about worldly wisdom versus God's wisdom, godly wisdom. Worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. He's talking about how non-believers act, and he's putting on platform how we as believers should act and should respond. Paul is saying, listen, I know the church of Ephesus, that you're in a pagan nation. And guys, he's writing to a place where they worship false gods and goddesses. That they were not following Christ. And what Paul was telling the church was to be called out of that and set the example. Don't be lulled to sleep by what's going on in the world, the evilness. Doesn't that sound kind of familiar today? Like, we're here right now. He was admonishing the church to use godly wisdom and not that of the world. So let me translate that for you. Let me break that down for you. And I'm going to say it like this. Don't get your doctrine from reality TV, from music, talk shows, or social media. Don't listen to Ellen. Don't follow Steve Harvey. Don't follow Atlanta Housewives or Yana Van Zandt or Love and Hip Hop or Cardi B. I'm not telling you not to listen to this. I'm not telling you not to listen to music and to do this, but what you need to do is follow suit and what God is telling us in his word. Be led by the spirit, not by the flesh. That's what the word says. I'm just, I'm just repeating it. And remember, that's just entertainment. It's just entertainment. Doesn't mean that you can't watch it, like I said, but be led by the spirit of God because you are filled with the spirit of God and if you know him. Guys, our swag should be different when we step into the room. All right, I asked the first worship gathering. Let me see how many raised their hand now. How many of you got swag? Okay, good. Yo, one person raised their hand earlier. I was like, oh, Lord, we got to work on that. Now, swag, like, I, I love it, but when we walk in the room, there should be a difference. Like, they should notice a difference. They should say, you know what? There's something about you. I don't really know what it is, but our presence should change the room. And I like to say it like this. They might not know the difference maker. Capital D, capital M, you get that later. They might not know the difference maker, but they should sense a difference in us. And you know what the difference is? The spirit of the living God that lives in us, that's compelling us to lift him up high so that all men, all men would be drawn unto him. So they can say, you know what? You might be crazy. Your swag is off the chain. But there's something different than just your swag and your new Air Force Ones. There's something different. Something different. And you got to love your Air Force Ones because I do too. But I digress. Um, our lives should show Jesus' love through our love for others. So again, the way we treat each other, especially those in the body of Christ, should be completely different than the world. It should be countercultural. We shouldn't be responding to others how they respond to us, whether it's negative or positive. We should respond to others how Christ has commanded us to respond, how Jesus responded to those he interacted with. We should respond to others that way so that Jesus would be made Lord, so that he would be in his rightful place, sitting high on the throne. That is what Paul is encouraging the church of Ephesus to do, and that is what I am encouraging you all to do by staying woke. Our actions, the way we carry ourselves. Y'all know one of the greatest compliments that I receive, and I'm not sharing this for y'all to pat me on the back, but one of the greatest compliments that I receive is how I treat my wife and how I treat my family and how I treat my daughters. Oh, that's sweet. You don't even have to clap. You can clap after I finish on my Jesus. But the reason why I'm sharing that is, is because... Um, I didn't have a, a dad growing up to show me how to respond. Um, my uncle was my father figure, and he loved God, and he treated his family well. And after I got married and after I began to follow Jesus, guess what? I looked to God's word, and I looked to my uncle's model for me because I knew that my uncle was following Jesus. 
I knew that my, my uncle was in God's word. I knew that the way he was acting wasn't in and of himself. It was of God. So I was like, you know, I can't do that on my own. I didn't even have anyone model that for me. But you know what? If it was good for him, I have to figure this thing out. Now, I'm not perfect. My, my wife and my kids will tell you I'm, I'm not perfect. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's about me. I'm saying it's about the spirit of the living God. It's about God's word allowing that to transform you into what he's calling you to. So when others see you and they see your character, it's like, mm-hmm, he's different. He's different. He's, he's different. But that's all right because there's something that is different about him that I really, really need. Again, they might not know the difference maker, but they should sense a difference in you. And that's truly what I try to exemplify when I'm in private and public and I miss the mark, but God never does. Y'all, the wisdom of God should guide how you live your life. The wisdom of God should guide how you live your life. You should use your time wisely. That's what he's saying in the text. Use your time wisely. Now, Paul wasn't just talking about chronological, this minute, that minute. He's talking about the entire body. He's saying it's, it's kairos, it's the time, it's the season. How are you leveraging your life for the kingdom of God? How are we being countercultural? How are we doing what the word is telling us to do so that others will know him? Our lives as Christians, our resources should be dedicated to advancing the kingdom, should be used to push back darkness. Not just in here on Sunday, but as we live outside. And this one is free. You all know y'all got an assignment. Every single person in here that knows Jesus Christ has an assignment on their life. That the basis is to be, that the basis is to be just like Jesus. It's to be Christ-like. It's to point others to him. But your assignment is different wherever you are. Each person has an individual assignment that cannot be given to anyone else because he's called you to do it. In your home when you're texting, on your job, in your car when they cut you off, when they cut me off. I'm telling you, that's not my favorite assignment, but I got to respond. <laughs> I do. I'm just being real. My wife would tell you, don't tell them right now, though. But it's the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. So listen, you, you, you have an assignment. So leverage your time for the kingdom of God. Like, this is, we're in a war. Now, I didn't say this, uh, the, the nine, but we're fighting from a position of victory. So that should be an encouragement. We're fighting from a position of victory, and we need to lean on the Spirit of the Lord to, to, to compel us to that victory. And when I'm reading this text, I, I sense an urgency in, in Paul and in his, in, in his writing. I, I feel like he's saying, listen, you have a finite amount of time. The world outside of you is evil and waiting on you to stand up and do what you do to bring glory to God. And this is what I'm calling you to. This is what I'm challenging the church to, because he saw, he saw some kinks in their armor. But he said, I got you, though. I'm going to point you back to God's word. You're to live for Jesus. In a fallen world, they're waiting on us. And I'm telling you, I truly believe that they are waiting on us. I believe the people are tired of looking for the truth under every rock. Because if they weren't, they wouldn't keep looking for truth. They wouldn't keep looking for this. What they're searching for is authenticity, consistency, and truth. And guess what? That is only found in Jesus and Jesus alone. It's only found in Christ. We know one truth, and that truth remains, that Christ is Lord. And I believe that the world is waiting for us to stand up and take our rightful place. They might not tell you that's what they're looking for. Think about it. When you didn't know Jesus, 
when you were out there looking for everything. Man, I was out there riding motorcycles. I was going to clubs. I was drinking. I was buying clothes. I still like fit outs, but I was doing all of that stuff. I was buying watches. I'm looking for everything. And guess what? When I got that, it didn't satisfy me. Every time, I wanted something different. Okay, maybe I get more shoes. I used to buy shoes every pay period. That is crazy. See, we got a, a, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? All right, all right. Hey, praise God. Hey. I'm not telling you not to buy shoes. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have clothes. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't do things that you enjoy. But what I am saying is all of that needs to be submitted. And all of that will leave you empty and searching if you're not filled with the spirit of the living God. You can have all the shoes in the world. And trust me, I want as many as I can get. Um, But it doesn't fill me. Jesus is. I know this is simple. I'm saying it a lot. But that's what God is calling us to. And when I found, which he was never lost, but when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, those things really became secondary. And I realized that they didn't complete me. And I realized that, okay, man, all of that that wasted time and energy and effort is gone, but you are still here. You're still here. You were here before I accepted you, and you would be there after I accepted you. You died on the cross for me so that I could tell people about you. Now, that right there will preach on its own. It is all about our Lord and Savior. Guys, it's time. It's, it's really time for us to be the church and step up. All right, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another. I love that. Pay attention to that. One another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting again to one another out of reverence for Christ. (laughs) Out of reverence for Christ. And this is how we like to say it around here. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Now, y'all see sentences here, but this was actually another long sentence by the Apostle Paul. And I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul. I'm like, man, if this brother was alive today, he would be on Facebook, on Instagram, because he loves to use a lot of words to commit what he's trying to communicate what he's trying to communicate. He wouldn't be on Twitter. Twitter's like 140 characters or less. He couldn't do that. Paul's like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be on social media. I'm going to get everything out. But seriously, that's what, he would, that's what I believe about the Apostle Paul today. And now, everybody knows that person. And don't, don't look at your neighbor if they're that, that, that person. And husbands, keep, keep your eyes focused on me. Do not, now I'm not even going to say it, but you know where I was going with that. We all know that person. I call it a gift. They have the gift of lengthy, communi- lengthy communication. It's a gift. A gift of lengthy communication. And I like to tell those people, hey, I recognize your gift. And you are good at walking in it. But this is what I need you to do. Like, right here, this is what I need you to do. I need a Twitter version. It's like 140 characters or less. Give me the details. Yeah, give me, I need Twitter. Give me the details. Yeah, the Twitter version. Y'all can steal that, but just don't retweet that. I'm going to get in trouble. 140 characters or less. But anyway, seriously, this is a long sentence, and Paul is just trying to communicate what he's saying. And sometimes he has to say it over and over again for you to get what he's saying. Sometimes, like, it just doesn't click. 
sometimes we're out there and we're like, okay, all right, I'm going to use this example. No, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to use it. But sometimes we just have to say it multiple times. All right, verse 17 is leading us to our next contrast. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And in this contrast, he's talking about foolishness versus fullness. Foolishness versus fullness. Paul is just reiterating, reinforcing what he was talking about in verse 15. In this second contrast, he's saying, just in case you forgot or you missed it, I just want to remind you. He's just saying it in a different way. Here's what he's saying. Don't be foolish instead of don't be unwise. He's saying, understand the will of the Lord instead of saying walking carefully. Sometimes, you know, as parents, <laughs> sometimes as parents, do y'all know that we have to tell our kids to do stuff many, 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 many different times? Like we say, okay, baby, clean up your room. All right, baby, um, could you pick up that mess? You know what, baby, I really don't like bugs in my house, and you probably should clean it up because they're going to attract bugs. That's what Paul was doing. Paul was just saying, hey, it's multiple different ways. And I have to communicate this to you in many different ways. And eventually, you're going to get it. Wives, girlfriends, how many times have you had to tell your husband the same thing in multiple different ways? Man, it stinks in this house. That trash is overflowing. Ooh, I'm, sh I'm hungry. I am starving. Oh, Lord, I done had this dress for a long time. Sure would be nice to have some new clothes. And husband, how many times have you said, um... Baby, I really love the fourth quarter. Like at the end of the fourth quarter, they're gonna they're gonna show a winner. Baby, I love you so much. Just right now is not a good time for me to take out this trash. Um, I said I was gonna get it. You don't say that, y'all gonna get in trouble. See, Joe looking at me like that's wrong. But seriously, many different ways we try to communicate the same thing. And that's what Paul is doing right here and right now. Paul is challenging the church and challenging us to be more like Jesus and to live a life that is compelling to them. And the thing that I love about Scripture, I just love reading it. Um, I, I often read it like a, like a kid, like I'm asking so many questions. You know how your kids are always saying, Mommy, what's this? Daddy, what's this? So when I'm reading, I'm like, okay, God, what, do you, what are you saying here? How am I filled with the Spirit? What is your will? How do I find out? Why is it even important? What is the will of God? That's the fullness, to be filled with his word. So scholars, when they're reading this, they, they've said many different things. Some of them believe that he's referencing salvation. Some of them think that he's talking about personal guidance of Christ-likeness. I'm going to just simplify it. What he's talking about is being filled with, with the spirit of the living God and being more like Christ and being filled with my word. That's how we find the will of the Lord. Here's another point for you. God's will for our lives is found in his word. God's will for our lives is found in his word. And when we're filled with God's word, we're filled with the spirit, it's easier for us to follow what he's doing. When we're looking and searching through God's word, and he, he illuminates scripture to us, and he's saying, this is what I'm saying to you. It's easier for us to follow through with what God is calling us to do. Like I said, I read it, and I'm thinking, all right, all right God, how do, I, how do I get this? And he's saying, just, just trust and lean on my Holy Spirit. Imitate me. Imitate me. And walk in my purpose for your life. Just like Paul was encouraging the church at Ephesus. Because what was outside was not what God wanted for them. 
He wanted them to have his son Jesus, just like Paul was telling the, the church. And y'all, we need the Holy Spirit in order to be conformed to his way and not the ways of the world. And Paul says in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God's will is found in his word. We have a personal and a corporate responsibility to respond to God's word. We have a personal corporate responsibility to honor him, to bring glory to God so that those who are far from him can come close to him and know who he is. And getting back to our text in verse 18, Paul says it again. Do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another. Remember I said one another. That is so important. And psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, okay, let's be clear. Paul is not telling me to go up to everybody and start singing Tasha Cobbs or maybe Caleb's Top 5 at 5. He's not calling us to sing, oh, hallelujah, brothers and sisters. That's not what he's calling us to do. What he is saying is with the love of God that you have in your heart, that's how you communicate to others, especially those who are of the faith. That's how you react, and that's how you respond, because you spent so much time with me, so much time with my spirit. You are so dependent upon the spirit of the, of the living God, Holy Spirit, that you respond like that with my word that is in you because you love me dearly. So he is saying that we need to allow the love of God that we have in our hearts to guide our communication and our actions. Earlier, I tell you that Scripture dictates our beliefs and our behaviors. Earlier, I said that the world is watching, and this is how we do it. We stay filled with him. We stay filled with the spirit of the living God. And I'll wrap it up with my, my last contrast. It's drunkenness versus dependency. Drunkenness versus dependency, and that dependency is being spirit-filled, being dependent upon the spirit of the living God. He's saying, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled by the Spirit, not fleshly desires. Be fueled by God, not wine. And I'm about to date myself, but I say it just like this. So you can't do a Jamie Jamie Foxx and blame it on alcohol. That's one of his old songs where he was saying, listen, you can't be filled with wine and blame it on this. And Paul didn't just pour drunkenness out of the air. Paul chose drunkenness because... The church of Ephesus worshipped false gods, and one of those gods was Bacchus. Bacchus was essentially the god of wine, and they believed that when they got drunk, that's how they communicated, and that's how they heard from their god and were able to follow what he was calling them to. And there's a a, a comparison there that I'm going, well, I hope I don't trip. Um, There's a comparison there that I want to use. Being drunk versus spirit-filled. Drunk, filled with wine, or filled with the spirit. Being drunk is no self-control. Being filled with the Spirit, God makes you bold. Being drunk, you're a danger to others. Being filled with the Spirit, you're a blessing to your brothers. Being drunk, self-gratification. Being filled with the Spirit is Christ-like representation. Being drunk with wine, you're a danger to yourself. But being filled with the Spirit, you're a blessing to your health. And the last one, being drunk dishonors God. Filled with the Spirit... Pleases God. I couldn't think of nothing that rhymed. I just wanted to say that. I like 
That's all I got. You might want to use that. Take that with you. I, I can't do it. And Ethan loves those, so I was going to email him or text him and say, man, I need help with this last thing. You good at that? Okay, Lord, you dishonored, you not. So that's where this will go. Now back to the text. Um, like I said, he didn't randomly se- select that, and they worship backwards. So he was saying, leave that false god and point them to the real god. Very intentional. He said, instead of being uh, dependent upon wine, Paul was calling them to depend upon Jesus because he is the only one that can bring true joy and sustain you. And, and let me say this. If, if you have a problem with substance abuse, whether it's alcohol or drugs, whatever it is, please come to us. We want to be here for you. We are here for you. We want to walk alongside of you to bring you to healness and wholeness. It doesn't matter. Truly, this is a church that welcomes you. So if you're struggling with any of this, please let us know. We're here for you. And it's not that we can do it. It's because Jesus Christ is the answer. Do you all believe that? Good, because I do. If y'all didn't, I'm going to start all over again. And I'm thirsty. All right, verse 18. It's about being transformed by God's word, being led by the spirit, and nothing else. This is what set us apart. This This is what makes us different from the world. This is why they look in on us and see there's something different. You're a bunch of radical people, and whatever it is, I I need that. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says, Let the, the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There you go again. Don't come up to me singing Tasha, Tasha Cobb. Um, With thankfulness in your hearts to God, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Again, it is it's all about Jesus. What was good for the church of Ephesus is, is good for us. What Paul was saying to them is, is good for us. And here's, here's what I mean by stay woke. Be present and accountable and understand that we are in a battle and understand that our actions have consequences. And understand how we respond should be dictated by God's word. We should be on the forefront of these conversations. We should be the ones who the world is following, not taking our cues from the world. And I'm going to close with this. Let's be countercultural, church. Let's be filled with the spirit. Let's love like Jesus and let our lives point people to our Savior. And when we do that... Oh, man, watch out, world. When we do that outside of this, these four walls, which, which we do, when we submit to the spirit of the living God and say, fill me, I trust you, I'm going to do all that I can do to bring Jesus Christ honor, the world will get what they're looking for, whether they know it or not, and that's Jesus. Let me pray for us.